Greetings, everyone. I'm excited to welcome Alyssa Patoitskaya, founder and CEO at Immersive Fox. Alyssa, welcome to the show. Hi. Uh, nice to be here. And uh, yeah, thank you for inviting. Yeah, great to have you here. Let's dive right in. Tell us a little bit about your background. So my background is actually in AI and computer science. I am one of those geeks. I have about 15 years of experience in engineering, AI, and machine learning. And it's already my third startup. So yeah, I have a passion for creating businesses. And actually, the idea of this business came to me when I was working in, in Meta. There I was a tech lead. So yeah, that's pretty much a little bit about my background. All right. So technical background. And you mentioned this is your third startup. So is this your third founder role or you've worked at other startups and now this is your first founding role? No, it's my third founder role. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. So, and you've worked at some really large companies and now also started up quite a few companies. So that's really interesting. And yeah, let's dive in. Tell us what, what products and services does Immersive Fox offer? Um, so we create generative AI video content. So pretty much if we have a short recording of your face, then we can digitalize both your voice and face. We can also translate you with your native voice to other languages, pretty much any European language. And uh, we use our technologies to increase sales and customer communications. We'll pretty much in include it into email marketing campaigns um, that increase the conversion rates for customers. That's awesome. And I was looking at your website. I'm like, I, I could see, I could be a customer. I could use a digital twin right now. So I love it. So tell us more. I mean, it makes a lot of sense and I definitely a broad audience for this. So tell me who, who's your ideal customer profile for this? Who are you trying to reach to, to put on the platform? I would say that the ideal customer is actually one that is using CRM systems quite heavily, such as like HubSpot, Salesforce, Freshworks, just pretty much where we integrate us. And it's the one that is utilizing their email outreach function quite heavily, but wants to improve the results in terms of their sales and like, yeah, increase the conversion rates uh, over their email, email campaigns or improve the onboarding processes within the company. So we are right now targeting like IT sector or, and primarily we're targeted to SMBs. Yeah. Okay. And so tell us about, so you mentioned companies are, are sales teams using CRM systems. They've got that uh, email outreach as part of their go-to-market motion. So are you saying they're embedding these videos or links in these video in, in their emails to say, hey, you know, check out our product and service and check out this quick video? Yes, um, but um, the trick is that um, these videos, first of all, they are hyper-personalized, meaning that they include some information that is uh, targeted for each of the customers they're reaching out to. Uh, and second of all, they need to look quite natural so that the customers believe that this was not generated. Okay. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of these platforms where it looks pretty good, but it still looks, you know, a little off. So you're saying you can, the sales reps, for example, can easily personalize these videos, I guess, in those scripts that they put into your AI engine. So when they send that link, it says maybe, hey, hi, Ben, I see you're the a CFO and I thought you'd be interested in this product. Yeah, pretty much. So we feed in uh, all the data you can feed from your CRM system. Uh, and then we design each message in this hyper-personalized model um, like way. And that's why it works and it does increase the conversion. Okay. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So then 
are you integrate to CRM systems to be able to easily pull this data in to then personalize at scale? Yeah, we do. We integrated already to HubSpot, to Permeo, to Freshworks through API. And now actually we're working on Salesforce integration. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I love it. And what about, say, you know, I produce a lot of videos, a lot of content. What about content creators? Do you think it's also helpful there? Yes. Some of our customers, they do create individual video content just to speed it, speed up, you know, their video production process. And what are we, like, what is our definition from our competitors is the quality of the personalization. We're not about giving you some set of presenters so that you can create video content with them. No, we are about digitalizing you, digitalizing your voice, and also making sure that this is our, actually our competitive advantage is that we are able to replicate your voice to the languages you don't speak. So for example, let's say if you, if you Ben would like to speak, I don't know, French or German, I don't know, by the way, whether you speak those languages, but then like your recording in English would be enough for us to replicate your voice in these languages. Yeah, that's really interesting because for my courses, I've been looking at translating them to different languages. You know, not an easy process, takes a lot of work. So I think I'll be I'll be following up after this after the session. So I love it. See a lot of different use cases for this. So tell us when what year did you found Immersive Fox? It was happening in 2021, in closer to the end of the year. So pretty much the idea came to me during the summer of 2021. And a friend of mine here is actually a serial entrepreneur and one of his companies is doing video production. And he told me that something like that would be really cool and useful to have in-house even for him. Uh, and at that time, Generative AI was pretty much nowhere on the radars. So we started developing it with a small group of people, or like I mean, small group of colleagues. And then we, so I quit Meta or Facebook at the time it was called. We raised pre-seed round, then we improved the quality of the generation, we raised seed round, and from that time on, we continued the development. Okay, yeah, that's great. And where are you located? Do you have a headquarters-like location or are you remote? Yeah, we are, we are located in London, but part of the team is actually distributed. Okay, okay. Yeah, pretty common today. And what's your current team size? So right now we have about 15 people, but we need to double that. Yes, because we just closed seed round, so we need to, we, we need to increase our team. Okay, that's great. So it's about 15 staff, but you need to double that, just close the seed round. And yeah. then tell us, how are you finding your prospects and customers right now? Are you also, say, using an outbound email motion, putting your, your personalized videos in there? Tell us how you're finding customers. No, we, we do. Uh, we use HubSpot sequences. And to be honest, like outbound is pretty much what, what we're utilizing quite heavily just because we are the first users of our product. And if we see that it increases the conversion for us, it gives us more and more confidence that it will for our customers and it does for our customers. So yeah, so of course we use email marketing, hyper-personalized email marketing that we're selling ourselves. We also, we did some search engine optimization. We start right now, only start doing a Google advertisement, Facebook and LinkedIn advertisement, but pretty much not so much. Mostly it's like email campaigns, I would say. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. And so you mentioned as far as capital raised, you had a pre-seed round and then just recently raised a seed round. And was that seed round 3.3 uh, 3 euro? Yes. Yes. Let's try it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So 3.3 million euros. And then what, how much was your pre-seed round? 
it was uh, in euros around 0.7. Okay, in euros about 0.7. So about 4 million euros raised to date. And then tell us the progression of those the fundraising. What triggers or milestones led you to that seed round raise? Well, I would say that, I mean, first of all, pre-seed and seed were done at different times. In that we raised our pre-seed when the economic situation was really just great, when it was possible to raise money was just an idea in your head. And if you had something to demonstrate, like to demo, it was pretty much incredible. So, and the situation changed dramatically from the time we raised our pre-seed to the time we raised seed, because at the seed stage, we were already expected to like show customers using the product and uh, like utilizing it. So it, it was more, more difficult, I would say. Although when we closed our seed, our seed, I was like, you know, seed will be just, just a piece of cake. And it's absolutely, it absolutely wasn't in the given conditions. Um, but I think that, uh, so at pre-seed stage, we had uh, video generation quality to the point that it was embarrassing, <laughs> but somehow investors believed in this idea. And so it was working, but it's just that the video quality was like really not great. But then we quite quickly reached high resolution video generation that took our competitors, like we did it in six months and some of our competitors, they, it took them three, five years to, to get to that point. And also we did a public release of our platform. We did integrations to CRM systems. We kind of, we onboarded customers. We showed how, how customers use in this product. So all of that helped to raise capital. Okay. And then with that seed round, I just want to clarify, it sounded like when you were going after that seed round, your investors wanted to see some traction. They wanted to see customers actually using it and, and good feedback with when you were raising that seed round. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then with these recent capital raises, any, any lessons that you learned along the way that you'd like to share with other SaaS founders? Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, I think you need to accept the fact that the situation nowadays and the market nowadays is different than it was two years ago. Uh, as I said, like two years ago, it was possible to raise even seed with pretty much nothing. And nowadays investors, they really want to select businesses that solve real customer problem and you need to have customer sort of a set of metrics that support that customers not only use your product, but also enjoy using this product, your product then will come back again and again. So I would recommend, first of all, since, since currently it's harder to raise capital, just plan ahead a little bit more time, like maybe double of, it will see if you think that you will raise in one month, like double this time. And make sure to prepare to prepare accordingly so that you have enough cash to support yourself during this period of fundraise and preferably maybe start earlier than, than later, you know, because I, I, I've seen companies, I've seen companies closing like several, just a little bit more time and they would close the round and then they had to close just because they, they didn't have cash, like, you know, uh, for even extra months, uh, you know, um, second of all is, um, like prepare essential, uh, prepare clear metrics to demonstrate your progress. For example, your cost of acquisition, your return of investment, your customer satisfaction metrics, your IRR, and show the traction. Nowadays, it's really, really important to show this kind of metrics to the investors. And 
finally, uh, from my experience, uh, those who lacked uh, traction struggled to fundraise, even at preceded his stage. So I would recommend like to be to be patient, but also to be quite receptive to the feedback from the investors, because sometimes it can it can provide valuable lessons for you to pitch to your next investor. Well, that was great insight. I love that because. It- you know, show, proving out a set of metrics that you said that customers are using your platform, not only use, but that they actually enjoy it. And yeah. it sounds like there's a little bit more pressure now on seed rounds, or maybe previously seed rounds were, here's an idea, here's a mock-up, here's a PowerPoint of how the product looks, but now maybe they want to see something a little bit more tangible. And, and like you said, clear metrics that demonstrate, demonstrate your progress at that seed round. So that's, that's great insight. And and Alyssa, really appreciate you sharing that insight. And, and as you manage your business right now at its current size, do you have a favorite number or metric that you're focused on? Yes. I mean, the favorite metric is the response rate, to be honest. I mean, of course, we are tracking, we are tracking multiple things. We are tracking how many videos our customer creates when they buy a plan. We track how many personalized presenters do we create per customer, right? We, we track even how the customer watches the video, like whether they, they finish it till the end and stuff like that. And this is especially relevant for e- the email campaigns. But I would say that, so our product is applied across different verticals, but the main vertical we're focusing on is sales and onboarding of the customers. And for those, what's actually quite important is, again, the response rate, right? So seeing how our product increases the response rate is quite, quite incredible, especially that this like, response rate directly affects IRR directly. There is like, if there is a metric that has a direct correlation is the response rate versus IRR. So yeah, so this is something we are tracking, not only for ourselves, but for our customers as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So response rates, how many videos were created, watching the video. And, and I like that your use case is right now focused on sales, you know, helping yeah. that sales process. And then it can see, yeah, the onboarding of customers to make that a little bit more effective and more efficient. Yeah. So we appreciate that insight. And so what's coming up next that's new and exciting for Immersifox? Oh, so many things. I mean, first of all, what integration, right? Second of all, we are... We are integrating natively the voice replication, so pretty much right now it's done through the provider, right? But we are integrating natively into the application. We already have like automated process for presenter generation, right? But for voice generation itself, this will be also integrated um, into the platform natively. Um, And uh, we have um, a lot of uh, product improvements sells like, let's say, adding uh, additional video editing uh, capabilities to create your video content fully on our platform, like ability to save your project. We are redesigning our landing page to convey, convey a little bit better what we are doing and how we're different from our competitors. We are redesigning pretty much the whole web platform itself. So yeah, so quite a lot of important stuff, but I think one of the most exciting ones is that we are constantly improving the quality of video generation itself. And we released, like, this summer, we released Immersive Box AI 2.0. Uh, it was a big hit, meaning that we, we saw such a positive response from customers in terms of quality of the generation. But it, over the summer, we improved it even further. So, yeah, I'm very excited for this to, to land during the autumn. Yeah, a lot of exciting stuff coming up. And, and 
One last question before we wrap up. And and do you have any other co-founders? Or are you the the solo founder of Immersifox? Never solo founder, yeah. Okay. Because I just brought up the thinking about that because a lot of the founders that I interview, they have other founders, other co-founders. So I'm curious, how is it, you know, as a, a founder, do you wish you had a co-founder or are you good just leading as the sole founder of Immersifox? Yeah, I mean, I I did wish to have a co-founder, but it's just that I couldn't find any at the time when I was starting the company. And now I feel like it's a little bit too late. But yeah, I, I definitely do wish for co-founder. I mean, to have a co-founder just so like you could share kind of like what you're going through and some some issues and discuss it. I, I definitely feel it's valuable. But at the same time, being a solo founder also is beneficial because in the end of the day, you can never have a fight with your co-founder, you know, you, it's only you, right? So it's like, you can fight with yourself, of course, <laughs> you're crazy enough. But I mean, if you're, if you're kind of like just going through the process calmly and like you're just doing your job, your company cannot, cannot fail because of you in some sense, because of co-founder issues in some sense, you know? Yeah, and obviously no right or wrong. It just yeah, it just seems like a lot of the founders I interview, they have a couple, you know, one other, two other founders. So just interesting to hear your insights. So appreciate that. So Alyssa, really appreciate your time sharing your experiences and insight with the the SaaS community. And if listeners would like to learn more about Immersifox, where should we send them online? To Immersifox website, maybe we can attach it in the description. Um, yeah, below. Um, yeah, but it's pretty much immersive-fox.com. Uh, this is our website. Yeah, and I'll put it in the show notes. So listeners, if you'd like to learn more about what Alyssa's doing and see how it can help your sales and onboarding process, check out immersive-fox.com to learn more. And Alyssa, really appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thank you for having me, Ben.